Hello, my loves. This is Lior Alexandra. Welcome to the Inner Worlds Podcast, a place where we explore the microcosm of ourselves, of one another, of the whole universe, by journeying inward through thought, idea, and wonder. Hello, my loves, and welcome to this new episode of Inner Worlds with Lior Alexandra. That's me. Today, I have on my friend Ryan Cropper, who's a life coach, a YouTuber, a content creator, an incredibly fascinating mind. You guys, this episode blew my mind recording it. I could have kept talking to Ryan for hours. We capped it at an hour and 15 minutes or so but he did promise to come back on. So if you're not familiar with Ryan, he's best known on YouTube for his content on astral projection and esoteric spiritual topics such as uh, seeing auras, you know, third eye, working for the Galactic Federation of Light, memory regression and spiritual awakening. He's a friend of mine and I've been so excited to pick his mind and I got to do that today in today's episode, The Inner World of Ryan Cropper. So in this episode, we talk in depth about astral projection. Ryan offers us some of his favorite ways to do it. We talk about life after death, parallel incarnations, and how many of those we might have, experiences with out-of-body entities, astral sex, how to practice accelerated learning and basically be able to do anything and more, if you can believe it or not. I know you're going to love him and this episode as much as I loved recording it. I could have kept talking to him literally for hours. And we're going to talk next time about aliens, more about aliens and reality shifting. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to this for longer than I've had a podcast. I've had a, a note like a um a notepad in my phone of all the guests that I want to have on and you were always on that list, Ryan. Thank you. Always. It was like an honor. It's an honor for me. So before we get into our conversation because there's a lot that I want to talk to you about, I want to ask you how are the wifey? How's the baby girl doing? She's doing very good. She's learning so fast. Yeah. So many things. Is she? Yeah. How old is she now? She's almost a year old, right? Yeah, yeah. She's coming up to a year. June. This month? June. I think it's June 22nd. Yeah, yeah, it's June 22nd. June 22nd. <laughs> so she's a, I, I mean, I would hope you'd know. She's a, what's her sign? Cancer. Little crab. Cancer. Little crab. Soft on the inside. <laughs> How's life in Bali? It's not bad. It's not bad. We're going to be going to Florida, though, at the end of this month. We're moving, moving out. Finally, we've been here for oh, about a year and a half. Oh, you're moving over? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember talking to you a little bit ago that you wanted to start traveling the world and exploring what else is out there. And I was like, Ryan, like if anybody could do this, it's you. You could do this. And then you really did. You lived in Bali for a year. That's incredible. Yeah, we did it. I mean, we went to quite a few places so far. Some of the places have been haunted. Well, most of the places have been haunted. But... <laughs> Of course they have. Oh, it, it follows you. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It's creepy. <laughs> it's because you're open to it. I'd love to hear more about the haunted stories. 
in what you do in those situations. Um, let me write that down. <laughs> yeah, we've been haunted houses, haunted houses, haunted villas, haunted mm-hmm. Airbnbs, haunted villas, haunted hotels. And we're not looking for this stuff. <laughs> of course, like you said, it follows us. No, of course you're not. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you're open to situations like that is, I know I'm going to say it wrong. So please correct me. Sharazat? Sharazat? That's pretty right. Yeah, yeah. Sharazat. Was it? Was I close? Yeah, Sharazat. You're right. Yeah. Um, is she also very, does she also kind of attract these situations like you do? Yeah. She, she zeroes yeah. in on them. Like she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a beacon. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Beacon for it. Okay. It keeps life interesting. How has it been like getting busy with family life? You know, you're a father now and living in a new country while also keeping up with this other side of your life. This, you know, you're the most out there guy I know, which is my favorite thing in the world. But how, how, and also creating content at the same time in the past year. How has that been that, that balance for you? I had to change a few things. I still need to change a few things. I thought it was going to be really, 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 really difficult, but it's actually not too difficult when it comes to making content because shooting content is easy. You Has know? your content changed? A little bit. I From mean, that? I got really specific with it and started making what people wanted to see. I saw a massive increase in my viewership and stuff like that, but um, hmm. it wasn't so fluid. You know, What were people wanting to see? Uh, well, stuff about astrology. Stuff about what's coming in the future, mm. you know, trending things, trending things. But then I simmered down to what I could relate to and just started talking about aliens. It was a little easier to talk about because I had a lot of experience with that. And uh, at the moment, I'm just talking about what I'm into for the most part, because it's easier to shoot content when it's about what I'm into, you know? Totally. And I, I find that um, when we do talk about what we're into, it might not in the beginning receive as much viewership, but in time, people are, that are into that stuff find us. And then that creates a community rather than just somebody who's watching once in a while because you're talking about a trending topic, you know? Yeah. yeah. Ryan, did you, did you see what the NSA released today? I didn't today. No, I heard my client told me couple of days ago uh-huh. but it's very vague he didn't really have much info on it so so i don't know if you know about this but uh, back in december when they when the u.s proposed this uh, covid emergency relief fund part of it also called for the pentagon to release everything that they have available on ufos and they gave him a 180 day deadline like you must do this within 180 days declassify everything basically and we're just about to get to the 180 days and they just uploaded it's it's called the ufo documents index it's on nsa.gov and there's very compelling information there there's a lot of reports there i think you totally have to check that out i'd love to talk about that with you next time once you get a chance to review it because there are documents over there that is like talking about extraterrestrial messages that have been received that the u.s government has received i know you and i know know what's out there but to have it be validated that way on a government website right yeah and this was released today that is huge i'm on their site now and yeah 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 yeah. i can send that to you also in the chat yeah if you found it yeah let me send it to you but it's fascinating so you've been making more alien content lately one of your my favorite videos that you've ever made was the one about being a part of the galactic federation having those memories come up right right and i can do more memory regression a lot of people asking for like part twos and stuff like that i 
did want to talk about a story on my YouTube channel about um, owl people, I think. Kind of owl people. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think they just kind of look like owls, but Something I'm pretty came sure up they're mm-hmm. aliens. And uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of blocks around accessing those memories, even on ayahuasca. And mm. so I'm like, maybe mm. I can just lay down and figure it out. But part of me is very apprehensive. But it's somewhat connected to the Galactic Federation of Light because that uh-huh. was the time when they started visiting when the majority of aliens started showing up. So I might do some regression, bring some stuff up, make a video about it. Oh, yeah. I'd love to hear about that. Um, For anybody who hasn't seen that video and who's not familiar with the Galactic Federation of Light, can you talk a little bit about that experience and what you remembered? Yeah. So I remembered, well, being visited. And this was through memory regression, right? Right. Memory regression. I was just tinkering around with my, uh, my thoughts and... I accessed a period of my life when uh, I would be visited daily for months on end by light beings at first, you know, in a specific sequence. The one that I would uh, usually be comfortable around came first, and then the others would, but only if she gave the go-ahead for them to come into the room. They'd always come in through the same area, and then I would be taken through my wall. And then from there, it would go black. So I had to do some more tinkering. And then some more memories came up of me being uh, escorted down a hallway to a specific room and drilled for information on the state of mankind. It's crazy, right? You hear this a lot, but it's actually going on, still happening. Uh, Not to me anymore, I don't think. But it's happening to other people, I'm sure. Yeah. Is, Is there a possibility that it's still happening and you're just not having recall of it yet? I would find that hard to believe unless they came up with yeah. something new to block my brain. It's It feels like I've been mm-hmm. vaccinated from their, uh, I guess, technology. That's when they stopped oh, interesting. interacting with me because I started to remember the accounts. And so they left me. <laughs> Why do you feel like they would stop once you started remembering things? Yeah, it screws with the reconnaissance. It really does. Because if I'm aware of what I'm doing here on earth then i'll be looking at other things to oh, report back and that, that might not be sense. what they want they need it that raw, makes sense yeah an unfiltered full human experience so i've had um similar things happen to me not as lucidly as as you have i've had memories come up and this i was going to get into this way later into the podcast just so you know but since i have you here you guys i've reached out to ryan a few times over the years because I don't know anybody other than you who has such insane mystical experiences. I'm like the only one in my life. I don't really have connection with anybody. You would think I would, but the the things that I experience are very out there. Yours are much more because you really live in that realm a lot more than I do. I've been, I've had a lot of fear and resistance, but you were the only person I knew to reach out to, to for some of these things that were happening to me. So now that I have you here, (laughs) um, I've had an experience with a light bean was my first one. Also, she came into the room, into my room very early in the morning when I was living in West Hollywood and they were doing things with me and I don't really have that much of a a memory of what happened with it, but it felt very benevolent. It felt like a good thing. Do you feel like your experience with these light beans was positive? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, I don't often 
I, I can't even remember the time when a light being experience or interaction was negative, but I think light beings mm-hmm. are. Yeah, right. So even though they stopped working with you because the experience isn't as raw anymore, you still feel like it was a positive thing when you were doing that. Well, see, that's the thing. The negative beings, you, you can't have a light being that's negative, but you can have a light being whose entourage is a mixture of beings. Some being mm. negative, some not so negative, some that are just completely blank emotionally. And so you'll get a different mix. It literally, it literally looked like they came from different planets. And so that would make sense as to why they would come at me in different uh, tempos, different states of being. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. You and I met in 2018 at Rhythmia, plant medicine retreat in Costa Rica. Uh, we were there with a bunch of other friends and content creators. We had a really good time. I think it was great. It was my first time joining an ayahuasca ceremony. And I think it was your second time in, in Costa Rica, right? In At Rhythmia? Yeah. So I want to talk about your medicine and astral projection experiences, but I'm curious if you feel a little bit like typecasted as being that guy, like the astral projection guy, or if you're still just as passionate about these things as you have been in the past. I'm actually, yeah, I'm getting more into astral projection again. I did put it down for like a couple of years, but I'm, I'm well blanketed when it comes to enjoying a little bit of everything. I'm really much into, uh, a lot. Like inside my head, it's pretty, there's a lot going on. It's a fascinating place. Yeah. 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 That's why I was really looking forward to this. So for anybody who's new to these topics, and I actually want to go back to the visitations a little bit later on, but I have an outline for where we're going. Okay. <laughs> so for anybody that's new to these esoteric experiences, so I, to, just to talk about astral traveling a little bit, that's when you leave your physical body and you explore another realm of existence, the astral realm, right? Or maybe this this realm as well with your astral body. So we have an astral body. In my experience, it basically looks like our physical body unless we want it to look different. That's my experience with it. And we can explore the astral world with different senses. Yeah. And I personally, Ryan... I, I don't know if you agree with this. I think that you might. That I connect the astral realm with the theta brainwave state. So I believe that it's most accessible accessible to us as we're falling asleep or as we're waking up in the in-between states of consciousness, right? Between wakefulness and sleep. Is that a good definition of the astral realm? Yeah, I'll change a couple of things uh, with... Yeah, I want to hear. Astral travel. You said astral travel, astral travel. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, slightly different in that astral travel you're not leaving your physical body with your astral body if you were to leave your physical body with your astral body that would be called astral projection you're projecting your astral form uh-huh. astral travel you're projecting your consciousness there we go oh so there's a distinction between the two yeah and you can use them one after the next it's really handy for seeing where you want to go first before you actually astral project there especially if you want to avoid certain situations so how how can I tell whether I've astral projected or just projected my consciousness then? Yeah. Well, an astral projection is a little bit more interactive. It's like virtual reality in that you can touch things, you can turn around. You know, it's it's more physical, which is weird to say, than an astral oh, no, I get it. travel experience. An astral travel experience mm-hmm. is more visionary. You might get some sensory mm-hmm. input, but generally if you try to turn around, you, you can't really. It's more like a forward-facing projection of the mind. And also when you project out of your mind, 
either you can see through your forehead all of a sudden, and then you're seeing all these images, or you actually come up through the center channel in the body and out through the head as an orb. And you can actually physically experience that. You get sucked in, you go up, and you leave. And so that's astral travel too. With astral travel, that's you get a travel. host of abilities. You can also possess people. With astral uh, travel, things, objects, elements, can't do that with astral projection. Astral projection, you can go through wormholes, black holes, uh, other parallel realities. Other than parallel realities, you can't do the other stuff with astral travel, like go through a wormhole or a black hole. So are these all things that you've experienced? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are they, yeah, these are all things that you've done. So I'm interested. So... I'm sure you're familiar with, obviously, with um, Monroe. Robert Monroe? Yeah. Have you you read Journeys Out of the Body? I'm sure, obviously, right? No. Actually, no. That's, no yeah, way. Yeah. Okay. So he explains these these worlds that he visited where he really is living and, ex and experiencing life in somebody else's body. He's living a life that's not quite the same as his human reality but he goes and he goes for months at a time is that something that you've done yeah. something like that yeah you gotta be careful with that Can i one. hear about that well this one time oh tell me all about it i uh well that's it gets pretty insane a few times i've ended <laughs> up astral traveling because i've been in my body i uh i look through my forehead so i have my third eye to do that i start seeing portals or in other words kind of shards of reality where I can see into other existences, other moments in time and space. And a few times I've ended up being other guys, sometimes Caucasian, sometimes other versions of myself. And I've actually gone into their bodies. This one occasion I did it and this woman was looking at me on the other side of a kitchen counter and she said, oh God, it happened again. And I'm looking at my hands And so <laughs> then I end up ejecting out of his body and I go back to mine and I'm like, oh, I can do this oh as a, a regular thing. So I start experimenting. I find myself in a living person's head that's actually on this timeline, a friend of mine. I was looking through her eyes on two occasions. I could hear everything that's being said to her in her house. And a couple of times I've done it with my parallel cells. I got one of them killed by accident. He was on a boat. This is quite What some time ago. What happened when... Yeah, he was on a boat in the middle of some eastern country and there were crocodiles or gators in the lake that he was in or river. I looked over. I went, I was, <laughs> I was in the clouds. I saw him from above. I went down into his body and I looked over the side of the boat. It was a little boat and this crocodile came up and took his head. And as soon as he came up to bite down, I exited so I didn't have to experience the pain and his head got taken oh. off. And he oh got God. barrel rolled into the uh, <gasps> oh, water. And I was like, horrible. oh. What did crap. your consciousness do at that point? How, how did you see him? Did you watch it but not experience it physically? Yeah, I, I ejected the rest of that? pretty quickly when I saw that. And I was like, oh, crap. I just killed another version of me. Am I bad for oh, that? Am wow. I going to be punished or something like that? And this other being that was next to me accompanied me to this place. Said, no, don't worry about it. It happens more often than you think all the time and so yeah. um ryan do you do you believe that there are infinite parallel um versions of us or a a finite amount finite yeah as you you do yeah. do you know about how many <laughs> how many it's up to the person and their choices if they wanted to be here 
let's say they have a strong urge to be on Earth, or other versions of them will also have a strong urge to be on Earth, their soul does as well, the kind of central hub of their personality or of their soul. And so that will determine how often they come here in many different ways or many different forms. Uh, you can, through astral projection, meet a lot of them. And it's very funny. It's like some type of Twilight Zone episode. Meet yourself. So many versions of yourself. You know, some of them have piercings, uh -huh. gauged ears, or they're wearing uh -huh. different clothes, or maybe they're goth or emo, you know, or went a different direction in their life. Most of them will have certain things in common with you. Especially if you astral project. Interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I could literally, I could hear you talk about these stories forever. And I know that people out there are going to want to, and you share a lot of them on your YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so I'm curious as just trying to bring it back to like the big picture, I guess, from all your experiences, from all these out of body experiences and projecting your consciousness, is there one lesson maybe, or maybe a few lessons that you most want to share with the world? Like an overarching kind of understanding that you've gotten from this, the most important thing that you've gained from this. Uh, don't rush to do any of this. There's not really a need, really. There's benefits to astral projection, but there isn't really a need uh, to doing it. To do it. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Benefit is... Uh -huh. The main benefit, you, th you realize the world is bigger. I mean, it's not just the world anymore. There's more to everything. You don't mm -hmm. die. Racism yeah. disappears because you no longer think of yourself as the body. You know, you don't take your body Identify personally. with the body, maybe? That's it. You don't identify right. with the body. Racism mm -hmm. disappears. The vocal tone disappears. Go out the window. Don't identify with your uh, accent. Nothing. So you become very sort of humanitarian when you get back. And you also start to see people's souls. Sometimes literally, but most of the time you feel that you connect to a different part of them. You can get rid of a lot of problems this way, especially if you have anxiety against speaking to, let's say, the opposite sex. A lot of teenagers have that. That will disappear. You're no longer, you're no longer looking at their body anymore, right. connecting to them differently. So your friend circle changes too, opens up. And do you think that that comes kind of from an awareness of, from that oneness awareness? Not so much, uh, that can be the case, though. It can be the case. It's more so it comes from the sense of, I guess, being unisex or non-sex. Because mm. the soul doesn't being have everything. a gender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The soul has mm -hmm. no gender. Mm -hmm. So when you come out, you realize you're more light than anything else. And you start to also detach from your ego. So a lot of the stories that you have, your upbringing, if you just say if you think you're a gangster, all of that's going to disappear. <laughs> because you realize <laughs> that you've collected it along the way and it never was actually you. You've just decided to conduct yourself in a certain manner, oftentimes to build self-esteem or to feel like you fit in. But a lot of it isn't you. And a lot of that just naturally disappears. I think you just vibe it out. You just become too aware of what mm -hmm. you're doing and it just doesn't feel natural anymore. And so... Do you feel like this is a sort of enlightenment process then? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it, right? Not identifying with the body and um, being living more as the soul. So what you do is you have these experiences from what I see. And, and this is how I experience it also. I have these experiences that can't, that are not physical, right? They are in other dimensions and other realms and other states of consciousness. And 
I mean, it's so cool to have them, but why do we have them? We have them, I think, because we're meant to bring back these messages, these awarenesses and these understandings so that other people can see that we don't have to live only through the five senses, uh, through the five sensory experience. We have all these other senses and all these other aspects of ourselves and life could be so much more than just the physical, right? Right. Because it's cool to do it, but why are we doing it? And I think, I, I mean, we're meaning assigning creatures and I think that giving it that meaning is makes it just a lot, so much more powerful. And I know that there's a lot of people that want to try it. And I actually went on Instagram and I asked people what kind of questions they have for you. And everyone unanimously wants to know, well, there's a few things, you know, people want to know how to manifest a specific person. I was like, okay, I'll ask him. Sure. <laughs> but like, I want to talk about aliens <laughs> and astral travel. <laughs> so unanimously people are asking how can they do this? And can anybody do this? And how can they stop being afraid to do this? Do you have any yeah, anything you want to share questions. with that? You know, I was thinking about this exact question yesterday uh, because I've always been under the assumption that everyone can. I still believe that everyone can to an extent, but I've started to like wonder and question because everyone has the hardware and even the software. Like everyone has the energy to astral project, everyone has a body, everyone can do it. But there is something in the minds of people that I'll address, which is getting in the way. And it's starting to make me wonder if the majority of people are like this, then can everyone astral project? It's doubt and impatience. And it comes with a specific mm. level of, and I don't mean to sound um, degrading or anything, but immaturity. If you have someone who mm. gets frustrated very easily with circumstances, when things don't go their way, or when they don't see results, the odds of them astral projecting are quite slim. Not because they physically can't do it, it's not like there's nothing uh, missing, but it's because they're blocking themselves from doing it through frustration and through belief. You know, when they say, oh, it's not working, they get angry and frustrated, and that actually blocks neuroreceptors in the brain. It prevents you from doing it. It also takes you energetically into a specific direction, which is not the, the state of being that you need to be in to astral project. Mm -hmm. And so everyone can do it. If you take that same person, calm them down. It's good. I feel like you need a certain level of detachment towards it too. Kind of a little bit of being nonchalant about it, not placing it on a pedestal so much, right? Like it's this big, incredible thing that you have to do or else your life is meaningless. It's just kind of like, this would be cool to do. And then, practice it right right that's a very good way yeah. to prevent yourself from shifting into the wrong state of being because when you take it too seriously mm. you sweat you get anxious you go into a fight mode you can't do this in fight or flight it's just your body's obsessing no. about controlling too much at that point because you're in fight mode and so it's not going to happen that's exactly it and that's kind of why i feel like it does go hand in hand with that theta brainwave state because you do have to be a certain level of calm in order to make it happen from my experience. And when I get too excited, I tend to slip out of it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes when right. you get excited, it can be misunderstood uh, because sometimes when you build astral energy, let's say you're staying very, very still, which is, which is when often this happens. You're staying very, very still 
astral energy will build in your they call it dantian or your navel will come up mm -hmm. to your diaphragm that will then open your heart not in a loving way the heart has different tempos different frequencies but when that cracks open you'll feel excited as well because you can't quite tell the difference especially if you're new but it's going nuts but ah. if you stay very still if you ask yourself the question am i uh -huh. excited really like logically am i thinking thoughts that make me excited if it's a no you're probably opening that energy center it just feels like excitement stay very still for about six minutes oh that's too long six seconds and see what happens <laughs> usually it comes up and kind of over your heart in a sense or over your uh rib cage and through your head and then you actually project so on that note could you possibly share your favorite beginner's technique into astral projecting yeah my favorite one mainly because <laughs> it's fun and easy and simple to do are the methods centered around recreating some form of sensory sensation for example robert monroe's technique with the rope technique i've often said to people right. to change it to change it in a way that that actually communicates to your subconscious mind effectively as to what it is that you're trying to do so don't imagine a rope okay. buy a rope staple it to your ceiling or tape it to your ceiling mm. you know, get up grab the rope physically over and over again make it repetitive so you can ingrain that that motion into that moment what's going to happen is is when you lay down you're going to end up phantomly projecting out of your body to grab that rope at some point especially if you set the intention to do it i mixed or i came at that approach uh, in that way because of the other ones that I have on my channel that I used to practice, which were, you know, those phones in the 90s with the buttons? Yes. Yeah. So you'll take a phone and you put it underneath your pillow, you'd feel the buttons and you just let yourself go into theta. You then remove the phone and you pretend as if that phone is still there physically, you know, and what will happen is, is eventually you'll feel those buttons. You know that the phone isn't there anymore. You removed it like 10 minutes ago, but it feels like it is there. You open your eyes, you'll find yourself in the etheric plane because you're having to create a thought form, which you can only do in the ethers, which takes your consciousness and your astral body there. The same thing can be done with a ball. You take a tennis ball, put it in your hand, have your hand off the side of the bed, off the edge of the bed, there we go, and then you drop the ball. You'll hear it hitting the floor, right? And you should also be able to remember what it feels like to have that ball in your hand. Then what you do is you just don't pick up the ball your hand is still off of the side of the bed. You just act as if you can still feel the ball, right? That furry texture of the tennis ball. What will happen is, is eventually right. as you go into theta, the ball will become real. And that ball can only become real in the etheric plane. And so you'll find yourself in the ethers. Another one to do is chewing Ooh. gum. And I've tried all of these out, had a lot of fun doing them. And mm -hmm. it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Get yourself some chewing gum and chew them in bed. Right? People say, don't chew chewing gum in, in your sleep. Well, try it anyway uh the worst that can happen is it'll just fall into the back of your throat you'll wake up so chew chewing gum in your bed until you get into theta so you feel very drowsy right remember what that feels like to chew that chewing gum then spread it out or put it on your dresser try to act as if that chewing gum is still in your mouth you know work around your mouth a phantom ball of chewing gum eventually it'll become real and you'll find yourself in the astral plane there seems to be mm. a very clear and distinct pattern when it comes to methods the ones that work the most and that is they have you externally perceptive or in other words being very aware of your external environment not your internal environment <laughs> if you're imagining things you find yourself falling asleep or 
daydreaming or mind wandering. And so if you take this concept to other methods out there, those other methods start working all of a sudden. So there's something within our Mm. biology, our body, that under the right circumstances has you astral project. You just got to recreate those circumstances. You can come up with a new technique just like that if you know what to do. Yeah. And it's innate in us. It's just something that we, wow, that's so interesting. I have a lot of questions about that. Uh, So anybody that's listening, should they keep trying one method night after night or time after time? Or should they experiment with different ones until something clicks? Probably try one method per month or two. Mm. Definitely not Mm -hmm. five or six every week. That's too much. And you've got to make sure that you're doing it right. And on top of that, Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that your body knows what you're doing. Because it's a partnership, really. You don't want to trick your body into falling asleep and stuff. And how is that? Well, your subconscious mind has a lot of control over whether or not you astral project. And it's aware of everything that you're doing, everything you're saying, and everything you're listening to. And so if you start off under the assumption that you're going to be working with your subconscious mind to astral project, knowing that it's going to hear and it's aware of everything that you're doing, the clearer you are on what it is that you're supposed to be doing step by step, the easier it will be for your subconscious mind to put everything into action, have you separate. And so would you say that maybe narrating the experience like, and now I'm going to astral project kind of thing, right? Setting that intention. Is that working with, with the body and with the mind? That's working more with your, I call it ordinary awareness. That's kind of like you're Mm -hmm. speaking to yourself, unless you shift Mm -hmm. your attention to something else that you can't quite see, feel or touch yet. It's kind of like speaking in 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 a room, you know? Uh, or speaking in the dark. You know someone's in the dark, but you can't see them. When you're speaking to yourself, you know you're going to be able to speak to yourself. You're with yourself all the time. But if you were to speak to your body, you're not quite sure as to where it's going. That's really good. That means it's going to your psyche. If you say those same words to to your body instead of yourself, you get a much greater reaction. And it's the same thing with manifestation as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the body is the subconscious mind. So that link definitely checks out. Ryan, you know that I've, my astral experiences, everything that I've done has, other than probably one time, has never been intentional. I kind of slip out of my body a lot or my consciousness just does that. What do you think about that? People who kind of just do it without really intending to. I always say you're doing something. That's making you slide out of body, whether it be some type of yoga or some type of other meditation, or maybe just how you're thinking. Sometimes if you're used to daydreaming or not quite being here or not quite feeling Mm -hmm. into the body, you're doing something subtly to make you detach. Very interesting. Or even how you go to sleep. Yeah, that can change everything, Mm -hmm. your routine. That's really interesting because I've always been this per. like I have been doing this unintentionally probably for seven years now and there was a time where I couldn't control it so I learned to just sleep on my sides because when I sleep on my side it seems that I don't slip out of my body interestingly enough I don't know I know that it a a lot of people do recommend sleeping on your back in order to astral or or to do this on your back right to be laying down so that kind of 
I've read that. That's what I read. I don't know if that's, if you believe in that also, but, um, for many years I had to sleep on my side so that I don't slip out. I also enter trance really easily. I'm very transible. So I don't know if that's connected a little bit, but I've had a couple intentional experiences that I kind of want to tell you about if you'd like to hear them. Sure, sure. So, in 2019, Aaron Dowdy and I were in Costa Rica after our last retreat over there. And I pulled my back really badly. And I was sleeping on the floor of our Airbnb at the time. And I was in so much pain. I was just, I could barely move. I was sleeping on the floor. I couldn't move. And I somehow slipped into this astral state. And I'm sorry if I'm not using the right words for this. This is all pretty intuitive for me. I don't really know too much. I do my best to research, but I never, I'm not as inside of this as you are. So please correct me when, wherever you can. So I slipped out of this state and I stopped feeling the pain of my physical body. And there was this entity, this being wearing a trench coat. And I remember hearing that if you pull on something like a rope, you can actually get out of your body. And I was like, I'm going to pull on this guy's trench coat. I pulled on the guy's trench coat and actually got out of my body. And the place that I was in was just like the Airbnb, but the sky was like this gorgeous sunset, this beautiful cosmic sunset. And you could see like Saturn and, and it was just stunning. And, um, this guy, I I don't remember it was been so long now, but I think he gave me a piece of paper with some sort of code on it. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is because I'm curious if you've had experiences where you've brought back any sort of information or anything that was really relevant and that changed something in your physical life. I don't, I didn't remember anything on the, on the piece of paper, so it didn't change anything for me, but it was a cool experience. <laughs> uh, oh, well, first, the reason as to why you can only astral project on a specific side of your body is because physically you're conditioned to fall asleep on a specific side. And so every time you go to sleep, you go to sleep on one certain side, your body gets used to that. And it's also the reason as to why it's difficult for some people to actually project on a side that's probably widely uh, recommended. Like your back, some people sleep on their back. They're not going to be able to actually project on their back. So for them, they need to sleep or astral project rather on a different side of their body. Usually the side that they just don't usually lay on at all. It could be their left. Maybe you sleep Mm -hmm. on your back and you go on your phone on your right but you never go on your left or well, then do everything on your left for astral projection. You will recondition your body to sense. only astral project on your left side. And you can, if you really want to go hard with everything and always astral project, you can recondition every side of your body so that you can only astral project. But the problem is, is then you can't go to sleep. It takes a lot of repetitive oh, right. behavior. Yeah. Oh, that's, an, that's really interesting. And uh, c- can you think of any time I'm just curious if you've ever received anything from these experiences that you've brought back. Physically, I've tried so many times. I always get close, but this realm is so difficult. I think I need more energy because I can go really, really far (laughs) out. And uh, I've tried taking things like pieces of clothing. I've tried taking Uh notes as well. I've tried um, (laughs) taking ink on my hand. Like someone's told me the year. Like, what is 2024, October? And I write it out on my hand because I want to remember the date or a phone number or an address or a name to research on Facebook. I can bring it back through a few dimensions, 
But then whenever I get back here, I'm looking at my hand. It's somewhat there because I'm looking at my my astral hand, but then my astral hand disappears and there's nothing on my actual physical hand. And it's just that, a bummer. I think it's such a bummer because I think that what happens is we're trying to hold on to it and we're moving out of that divergent thinking phase. We're really in divergent thinking when we're doing these, when we're exploring these worlds and then we're coming back into convergent thinking and we're trying to remember so we're trying to f consciously make make this rational like what is this what does this how does this translate into the physical world and then it just disappears goes away right perhaps <laughs> i have a, a certain way of interacting with the realms i tend to get it to do a lot of the work for me uh, rather than trying to control the situation too much that's how i learn a lot of the things over there uh, for example like flying mm -hmm. or walking through a wall or shrinking time and space so that you can get from point a to point b faster all of that was shown or Ooh. taught to me by the actual realities because every reality is alive including this one you can get some that are dead realities which are difficult to maneuver because there's no openings anywhere no portals are open or anything like that but mm. with the objects i would try to grab something sometimes like a something physical. And I would tell the reality, I don't know how to do this. Make sure that this thing comes with me. And it's like the reality mm. is trying and I can, so I can actually feel it sometimes in my hand, in the physical, but as soon as I open my eyes, it fades away. It just kind of just goes and disappears. And I'm like, was it actually there? If I put a camera on my hand, would I see something trying to come into this reality? Really interesting. One day, um, so do you still remember how to do some of the things that you were taught to do in those states, like shrinking time and space in order to, can you still do that if you go back into that? Yeah. 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 Into that state. Yeah. All of it. And I wow. could even so do you took some that with you. here and it has the same effect over there. Can you explain that? Like removing an entity. If there are things in your room, I can do maybe a hand sigil or something like that, or I can say a specific sound. And the effect that it would have over there would be carried over there from here. Even though they're saying, I'm, at, I'm here, Ooh. I'm not even in the astral plane anymore. Because I'm still somewhat connected. And so that helps a lot. Yeah. Speaking of these entities, I have, I want to ask you about like something that it's a little bit out. I mean, phew, this whole conversation is a little bit out there. Tell me if you feel comfortable talking about this. I've ex had experiences with astral sex mm. so trending i think i've talked to you i've asked you <laughs> is it mm -hmm. is this trending yeah, okay i'm gonna write down this timestamp. trust me it's <laughs> trending vice did a feature uh astral. with me on astral sex and they got like five million views yeah yeah what i didn't know I that was top five i think i've seen your year. vice thing before yeah it's trying no way okay i was actually so told by a being sex money um and and fighting like fighting each other will always be trending throughout the course of history and time if you make any video on those things mm. you'll go viral sex money and fighting mm -hmm. it Low looks conflict. like um logan paul and jake paul got that memo from the same entity <laughs> <laughs> so so, okay, so I'm talking to the perfect person about this. I think that I've asked you something when it when it first started happening. When it first started happening, I've had several of these experiences now and I can kind of I can kind of just make them happen at whim now. 
um, in the beginning when it would happen, it felt like it was a bad thing. It felt like I was maybe being preyed upon by an incubus. Um, and when I woke up, I'd be really scared. I'd sage the room. I'd close the portal off the best that I knew how to do that. But I would feel that later that day, I felt very um, lethargic and almost depressed. And I feel like it had to do with those experiences. And so I got scared of them. Um, later on, once I, when I kind of stepped back into my sovereignty and into my own power, I became a little bit more aware of when an entity is a lower vibrational being kind of thing. And when it's something that is of a higher frequency that I can kind of play with kind of thing. And now I have these experiences and I'm trying to be very open about this because I wish that people would talk about this and you clearly have, you're clearly made in mainstream really with vice, but it wasn't like these experiences are not penetrative. It's kind of like a, like an energetic sexual experience. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. You get those with the higher beings, the ones that don't leave you feeling crappy after a while. Yeah. It's intimate. And even the highest, highest ones, you actually become the same thing. And that, is why they do it in specific realms. It's more of a a merger of two states of being or you and it, two sides of God. And some of them, they don't even think of it as sex in those highest ones. It's not even like you tell them it's a sex, but what are you talking about? This is something entirely different. Mm. And so as you go into the specific realms, those experiences will come at you in different ways. Yeah. Would you say that I probably did have this uh experience with a lower entity when it felt negative yeah you you take on board that's what it was feel basically like an impression Uh and so it's not like they're leaving parasites astral parasites or entities on you or anything like that so yeah so i'm curious about a little bit about your your experience with that and is it a positive thing when it when it feels right when it feels kind of like like you feel kind of like you're getting zapped by bliss, like a pleasurable energy that goes from your head to your toes. And what do you think? Have you experienced that in, in specific? Yeah, those ones more so on psychedelics rather than astral projection, mm. the one where it's more emotional and transformative. Uh, not so much in the astral plane, although it was a while ago that I did it in the astral plane like that. And so usually depending on the type of being or where you're doing it, that will determine on, that will determine the type of experience from the lower frequencies. Of course, you're going to get a lower frequency being, which more often than not is just trying to recreate a physical experience. They don't often know what it's like unless they've been human before. Hmm. So they'll use your memory right. of those experiences to recreate yes. a kind of tulpa okay. or a thought form of a body. Right. And some type of visual as well as sensory experience. I've experienced an entity kind of trying to form itself into a male body almost. And it wasn't right. And they didn't know what to do with it. Right. But they were like kind of trying to work with what my expectations were. Right. Exactly. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, Ryan, I'm just going to text her to see if that's what's happening real quick. Um, Okay, so I know that we've been here for a long time and I want to let you go. I still have so many questions, but I would love to have you on if you'll come back. And I know that people would 
would love that. So I just had, I wanted to ask you one question from that I'm taking from Instagram. Jackie wanted to know, is there any consciousness person group or otherwise that you still want to meet in the astral realm? Kind of met everything, uh, everything I want to meet anyway. Have so, you? Yeah. <laughs> How? Oh God, I have to talk to you about reality shifting. I've got to. Okay. <laughs> okay. First of all, how have you met? Can you can you explain how you've met somebody that's that you really wanted to meet? Yeah, I can try and form it into words <laughs> because it wasn't intentional. Uh, I mean, oh, it wasn't intentional. No, you mean in the astral plane or in real life? Yes, in in the astral plane. Oh, those were intentional. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So what I do is <laughs> when I'm over there, I <laughs> I ask the realm to take me to the person, and sure enough, the realm that I'm in will take me there, and I'll see them. Whether or not they're able to interact with me is a different story. Are these living people, passed on people, both? Living, passed on, both. It depends mm -hmm. on if I need to communicate with someone who's recently just passed away. If a friend has passed or a family member or something, that helps. Yeah, living or dead. How do you experience somebody, if it's not too sensitive to ask, somebody who's passed away? Do they Are they reassuring to you when you connect with them? Are they... Do they give you any kind of like condolences? Like, don't worry, like it's amazing over here kind of thing. <laughs> wow, it's actually a little bit of a mess sometimes. I mean, in the beginning, the very first person who came to me whilst I was actively astral projecting was my granddad, I think. The person that I actually knew, at least. Otherwise, it was just a bunch of spirits. That was nice. It made me realize that I can keep seeing people who passed on. That was when I was in college. Did he give you any sort of message for back then? No, no, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, other than just the kind of vibe that everything was good. Yeah, yeah, right. That's, that's, what, that's kind of what I Okay. Because he passed away like a long time ago. And so he had time right? to figure everything out. Uh, I've had people that were close to me pass away through some very, like suicide, basically. Mm. And when I've met them, literally a day later type of thing, they've been all over the place. And... They've always regretted it. I've never met one person who's passed away oh. by choice that hasn't regretted it. Uh, and I've met them probably a week before they've committed suicide and sometimes a few days before. And they've spoken to me about suicide, you know, and... Kind of telling they're you so that certain. they're going to? Yeah, yeah. One, one person basically did. And she had cut marks all over her arms. It was just a matter of time. She'd been trying for a very long time. And so when she managed to do it yeah she was so certain that she wanted to do it but then when she was over there completely changed her tune freaked out and then i visited her regularly until she was okay you have a pretty big video what happens to people after they commit suicide and is that kind of did you were your findings basically that they were all regretting it yeah yeah there's an idea about suicide which is when you leave this realm you're going to feel better and leave all your problems mm -hmm. behind. You take them with you, and they're even bigger over there. Because uh, it's all energetical, essentially. Everything you're feeling is a product of your mind. Would you say that these problems that we're escaping from, that if we just remain in the physical, we can kind of work through them, and then once we do come to the end of our physical lives as this incarnation, we don't take those with us? Right. Well, you're supposed yeah. to. You're suppo Everyone's been created equal. You all have the same intellect, everyone. There's a, there's a very, very, very high ceiling if there's a ceiling at all. 
And uh, you're all able to do the same things, exactly the same things. And through identifying with specific experiences and things that have been said to us, we dumb ourselves down because we just take on belief systems. Uh, we stop using our brain through frustration and anger. And uh, the reality is, is we're supposed to be able to do everything at a very calm, timely pace. And when you do this, you basically start to look like that guy out of Limitless, where he takes the ENCT pill and he opens all of his brain. You can do that if you're not blocked. And it's not like the block has been put inside you. You're the block. Like when you get frustrated, that stops you from doing it. You're blocking yourself. If you just calm down by doing some of these breathing exercises, for example, where you plug one of the noses eight times, maybe five minutes, you'll be super calm, parasympathetic nervous system turns on try the problem again and you can do Absolutely. it you know and it's so it's like you can train yourself to become all the time no matter what's coming at you and your brain remains open to figuring things out it starts to wire itself in a way where learning becomes easy doing things becomes easy you become oh. very very intelligent seemingly yeah. you're just hitting that ceiling or going past it i think you're a great example of that that you're like the epitome of that we can feel it from you i feel it from you and you're i'm in los angeles and you're in bali so you're a really great example of that ryan and i have still so much that i want to talk to you about we said that we're going to talk about what you've been working on lately which is basically accelerated learning right removing blocks yeah will you come back for another hour Will sure. you come back for another hour? I can come back for another yeah? hour. If you've got things... We've been recording for an hour now. ...to do now, your <laughs> friend's pregnant, you can shoot off to do that. I'm open to do it now. <laughs> you know, I'm used to speaking three hours um, at a time. Or I can wait. Yeah, it's I know you, you are. Okay. I just feel like there's so much good stuff. Okay, let's let's do a couple more things, all right? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so to, to what you just said, to having... Uh, to being calm and stuff, I definitely have noticed that life is so much more simple when there's more consciousness and awareness, right? So we do make ourselves frustrated and we create these blocks. And I think of a, a good example is like trying to untangle a necklace or when people, you know, like your, your earbuds right now, you know how we want to untangle things. And most of us are like ripping them apart, trying to untangle it when all you have to do is take a second, take a breath, and with consciousness and awareness, untangle these things. And I think that when you spoke about that, that's what I think of. Everything can be done through being calm and conscious and taking your time and, and just taking a deep breath in and making that happen. So I don't know if that's kind of what you're talking about, but that's what I got from that. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> your brain is, is remarkable, especially your eyes, like everything to do with the body. And, and, you know, you have a body to be able to shape the world and things around you. It's really gift and so it's able to take on board information faster than a lot of people think but you need to slow down so yeah. that you can take in the information you need to be able to slow down to look at things and give your brain a chance to to calculate the right moves to do and it can do that easily if you just look at what you're doing but a lot of people don't do that they don't pay enough attention really you're just opening your eyes exactly to your subconscious mind to help you deal with something really easy and that's when you get these ideas coming through or take the ear button put it through here and you know and so you have this exactly. computer in your head that can process things at remarkable speeds. It's it's insane. Like if you think of a rocket scientist, I don't even think most people realize how little computing power that takes to become a rocket scientist. You know, like probably times what that person is doing mentally, that mental gymnastic, by about twenty 
and you've probably got an idea of how much room you have left to think. Does that make sense? Like, it doesn't take much to do what yes. people have done on the earth at the moment, is what I'm saying. You can do anything I that see. everyone else is doing and more. Yeah. And do you think that we are putting space between ourselves and these goals because we're thinking that it takes so much computing power, right? So many problems. Like idealization is a huge one. Putting people on a pedestal, thinking that they're better than you because they're gifted with intelligence and all this other jazz. It's you're equal. There is no better than you. There is no lesser than you. And so there is a whole system set up in society around idolizing public figures like musicians they be they're treated like they're gods and i don't hate them i'm not saying it from like any salty place or anything like that it's just it is a little upsetting to see people put themselves under a standard that they could reach really quickly if they wanted to they they say they can't sing right. you can if you know how to think right you can think through your blockages you can sing really fast you can make music really quickly uh, you can make a hit album or a hit song if you want to, within the space of a couple of days to a week. You know, it's not difficult. The difficult part is is thinking in a certain way. It's all perspective to help you reach that level of um, Absolutely. expertise. And I think that especially in today's age when our attention spans are getting so much shorter and we're not spending time doing deep work on anything and people have kind of forgotten that anything can be done if you set aside a day to do some deep work or a few hours to do some deep work and be completely in flow enthralled by the task at hand right yeah. we can really do anything and you mentioned something about singing which brings me back okay so there's two things I want to talk to you about. We can talk about this in, in order and then I'm letting you go. You have a whole life to live right now. Okay. Okay. So the, the first thing is kind of what you were, you were talking about right now, which is what you've been interested in lately, which is advanced learning and removing blockages to learn faster. So I'm curious about what you're actually doing to make this happen and also what you're learning. What are you trying to learn? Is it learning in general? Is it something specific? Well, learning, you can always learn to learn faster simply by making yourself calmer through Kriya Yoga exercises. Kriya is like perfect for... Kriya Yoga. It's all down to your parasympathetic or your autoatomic nervous system. Parasympathetic makes you calm, autoatomic makes you stressed out, puts you in fight or flight mode. Fight or flight mode is only good for thinking yourself out of a situation, you know, either to hide or to fight yourself out of a situation. Not so much creative thinking. So this is... A long story, but I'll go really, really short. Over the past, what month are we in now? May, June. June 1st. June 1st. Eight months. Over the past eight months, I've been taking myself out of the lower three energy centers. Most people know them as chakras. I became aware of the fact that people live out of these centers in either fight or flight mode. So the bottom one would be security, a sense of security. When can I, When should I pay my taxes? Are my taxes even due? Do I have enough to pay my taxes? Uh, can I pay rent? Uh, when am I going to eat? You know, stuff like that. Mainly around housing, though, and the safety of the self or others. You can be in fight or flight when it comes to that energy center, and that is not ideal. Because what ends up happening is, is you use a bunch of literal energy inside the body. You can look at it as bioelectricity to fire into your your nervous system to get to your muscles to expend more glucose to move faster fight or flight does all of that and it uses you up like a battery you know and so 
I started living out of that gradually by the time I was actually just leaving Rhythmia. I started going into it a little bit more, into fight or flight around work and security. And I noticed it this year. It really like hit a peak and my behaviors were changing and everything. And I was like, I don't, I'm not really comfortable with this. And it's tiring me out. I was basically becoming a workaholic. And I, I have goals to live for a very, very long time. And I can't do that if I'm expending too much energy. And so mm. I start to recondition myself out of fight or flight whilst working. I'm way calmer now. Taxes are due. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll get around to it. Will I get this this scheme or this grant from my government? Eh, maybe, maybe not. If I don't get it, will that spell disaster? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I'm very chill. And um, it didn't take long for that <laughs> to happen. All I did was create yoga exercises, uh, mainly the one where you breathe in through your left nostril and out through your right, and to calm yourself down <laughs> whenever something is coming at you which is making you stressed out. And that will recondition how you feel towards an external circumstance if you do it enough times. And if it's not working, just close the laptop or walk away from the thing that's stressing you out, putting you into fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. So I just did that religiously until eventually, like I wouldn't go back to work until I was calm. I would have days without uploading a video a week, sometimes months. And uh, <laughs> wow. And so I changed everything from how I speak. You can see it on my channel, the new thumbnails that I have. If you look at, I guess, the Kriya Yoga one, and then you look at the next video, it's like two different Ryans coming at you. One's in fight or flight, one isn't. Ooh. And so Ooh. the quality is better. I, make, I started making my own music instead of getting one from a site. Uh, everything is just better, doing my own B-roll. And I give myself time to do things now. I became more creative because I'm not in fight or flight anymore. The, 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 I'm, I'm using the energy that would be used to stress out and it's going towards to other yourself. things. Yeah, like studying and, and learning how to do live streams with the utmost clarity and stuff like that. It's so much better, so much better. For people who want to do the same thing as you, to do this accelerated learning where they're putting in, where they're creating much better work and they're living their life in a better, more conscious way, would you recommend Kriya, um, Kriya Yoga, just anything that really quiets down the nervous system and activates the parasympathetic nervous system, that kind of thing? Meditation, maybe long walks in silence, anything like that? Yeah, kind of thing? staring at the sky. It can make your mind go blank and like your emotions mm -hmm. go calm, things like that. And you've got to do it with intention. Like You've got to know what you're intending to do overall because then the subconscious mind recognizes that and deliberately makes you less stressed out towards the thing that you're intending to be less mm. stressed out towards. How does that look like for you when you set this intention and then go ahead and do, you know, the Kriya Yoga or whatever? What's the process look like for you? Well, let's say I realize that I'm panicking about a deadline. First off, I, I would become aware of that because that's not normal anymore. And so a little Ryan in my head will be like, what are you doing? Why are you freaking out right now? This is not good. It's not healthy. It's not what you wanted. Uh, step away from your computer. And so <laughs> then I'll step away from my computer. Hmm. And then my mind will say, pay attention to the things that will calm you down. Family, uh, lay on the deck outside and stare at the sky. Uh, do breath work right now. Give yourself the next hour to do breath work. Another part of me will be like, an hour is too long. You need to go back to work. Well, then another part of me will be like, well, right. now you've got three hours to do it. You know, oh, now you can work mm -hmm. tomorrow. And so it's not like I'm like being harsh on myself. It's parts of me uh -huh. are saying this because 
it's given me perspective. You have time, you know, to do things later. You don't have to do them now. And things never or never uh, go wrong when you give yourself some time to breathe. Money doesn't disappear unless Corona is happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> even then, you're good. Even <laughs> then, something else will show up. And so I would do that with work. And I, I, I would say I've, I mastered it with work. And it's hard for me to get into fight or flight now. Things can go wrong and I'm completely fine on the couch watching Netflix. And then I had to do the same thing with sexual energy or the second energetical space. If you're going to go from one up, you know, from the bottom being one and go up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. Um, and then I had to do the same thing with my stomach, you know, which deals with drive. It's more so this area here. It's quite big drive and the willingness to do certain things solar plexus solar plexus for example the way this screws people up it's a fight mode center meaning if you're trying to mm. get your website built because you need to sell some products and it's not working and you mm. can't figure it out and you're in drive mode you'll feel it's like a pull from this space you want to get it done you get visions of what will happen if you get it right and you can't do it what will happen is is that energy has to go somewhere so now you'll be focused on fixing something else. Maybe your chair is broken. So you'll be obsessed about fixing the chair or you'll be obsessed about fixing your fridge or right. fixing your wow. car. That energy has to go somewhere yes. and it, you're wasting time not fixing the problem, which is the website. You're instead fixing other things and it can go into fixing other people's relationships or speaking to them about things that are broken in their life. And it goes out of whack. And it's, it's a fight mode. You have to get it done. So you put everything else to one side, including things that are that are important to you. And so you have to remove that. And so you just got to recognize what's happening. The, the process for that is, okay, it's not working right now. I guess I need to learn more. And so you just do more research. Uh, if you still haven't done the thing that you want to do, close the laptop, say to yourself, you'll do it tomorrow. And then you take a few breaths, do the pranayama, so you get out of fight or flight, so you're nice and calm. Think about how important other things are and go and do those other things instead or do nothing at all and just sit there for like 10 minutes to see if you can do nothing. You're trying to eliminate that drive to fix something through breathing. Right. Yeah. I'm hearing this as basically to have more grace with yourself, more compassion yeah. for yourself. Patience. And and kind of reaping the benefits of that that patience and that self-compassion. Yeah. And it's almost like we always we always go back to the same thing, just love and self-love. And that's beautiful. That's such a, it is a, um, a very different mentality than we're used to in the 21st century in this hustle, uh, ultra masculine, ambitious society, right? It is a little bit more of the feminine. Yeah. It just cultivating that inside of you. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with your also, honestly, it, it sounds like it's all synchronizing for me. These experiences, these outer body experiences that you have where you realize that you're everything, right? You're this and that, and you can be both ways and you don't really have to, as a man, fit into the molds of society and you can do things your way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The ambition thing. A lot yeah. of people, I've, I've brought this up to probably two people. I say a lot, but probably yeah, just the two people. And uh, they're very hustle, 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 hustle. Let's uh -huh. get it today type of people. And they want to make a specific amount of money. They want to, they want to boost their, uh, their ceiling when it comes to their income. And I tell them to do less. I, I say do the opposite. Do less. And they're like, uh -huh. what? 
I said, you're in fight or flight, so you can't uh-huh. think of anything new. And you're, you're having tunnel vision. And tunnel vision is great if you want to only make a specific amount, because that's what you're seeing. But wouldn't you like to make more than you can comprehend? Like, wouldn't you want to break your yeah. brain in that yeah. sense? It's quicker. Yeah. It's better. It's more Absolutely fun. Absolutely break your brain. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah, they're like, and they can't do it because they can't break out of that rhythm or that pattern that they've conditioned themselves into getting up early. And- oh, it's so important. It's so important to break, break your brain in that sense, to do things you've never done, to have things you've never had, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, I want to do the next episode. You're coming back. I'm sorry. You're coming back. It's just happening. And the whole thing is going to be on reality uh, shifting because um, I heard I watched some of your live stream from the other day and I picked up on some things that were really interesting to me that I want to talk to you about. Um, I know it's not like a big topic, but I have specific questions about what you did share and I have my own experiences with it as well. So I'd love to talk about that. I also want to pick your mind about this um, NSA thing that I shared with you today. Maybe we could talk about aliens more next time. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Does that sound good? Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, I I have to ask you because this is what I try to ask all my guests. Um, do you have any, what are you reading right now? Or do you have any book recommendation that you're like, this book is incredible and I have to share it with the world. Everybody needs to read this. I'm a big book nerd. So I have to ask everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you are the placebo making your mind matter by Joe Dispenza. That is, mm, Amen. that is, that, that is just, it's a solid book. That's, like, that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. you can't, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. You can't doubt it. Like what mm-hmm. he says how he describes the brain and just you can't say it's false there are some books that are great but yeah. they leave wiggle room for doubt and suspicion you know right. this mm-hmm. one you can't it changes you yeah. you can't go back to thinking about the body in any other way other than it's created out of your mind absolutely and so it's a good book i love that i love that book i'm going to revisit it now now that we've had this conversation yeah. is there anything else um I'm going to link all your things below. You also, you know, you're a life coach. You have all these incredible courses. You guys, if you're interested in getting more into astral projection, um, Ryan has the, I know, the how to astral project beginners crash course on YouTube. And also you have, I I think that you coach on it. You have a course on it, the astral projection starter kit, right? Yeah, yeah. Starter kit's nice for the mind, all the blockages that go through each one and how you should be thinking. If you're new, definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out for sure. And you have all these other offerings. I'll list your website below, your YouTube, everything. Oh, Is there anything you. you want to leave people off with? No, the book <laughs> recommendation was was enough. That was pretty great. Yeah. Is it a good solid one? Solid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I can't wait for part two. Yeah. Me too. I've been waiting for this for years. Aliens. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Aliens, yes. All right, take care. Thank you for having me on. Mm-hmm.